Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 97 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 150 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are three days out into NXT deadline going down live on Peacock, the final PLE of the year for WWE two Iron Survivor Challenges on tap and we had two triple threat matches going down last night to fill out the field for both the men and the women and honestly speaking the show peaked with the opening match involving Axiom versus Von Wagner versus Andre Chase and I thought this was a really good match I will say that Andre Chase tried to be a really good base for Axiom but it was a little slow in spots early on but they got it together in the home stretch as we had Von Wagner basically big hossing both men around with boots clothes lines Lines and just slowing down the pace with a double headlock at one point into Axiom was able to deliver her Karan arm drag spot to both Chase and Von Wagner which popped the crowd from there we got some great moments with Axiom and Andre Chase in particular as Andre Chase superplex Axiom on top of Von Wagner at one point but Axiom fights back with the gorgeous Northern Light suplex into a moonsault which did not land on Andre Chase for a very close near fall Chase responds by stumping a mud hole into Von Wagner which elicits the C-H-A S-E-U. What does that spell? Chase you, which always pops a crowd. Then it delivers a lovely underhook. Sit out powerbomb to Axiom for a close near fall as well. Axiom does wipe out Von Wagner with the dive. And he does counter a high spot by Wagner into a triangle attempt. But unfortunately for Axiom... Vaughn is going to powerbomb Axiom on top of Andre Chase to break the hole. But Andre Chase makes a great comeback with a double DDT spot and a crossbody on Von Wagner. But in doing so, he is going to get himself out of the ring, unable to make the cover, and Axiom lands a super kick on Von Wagner to win the triple threat match and move on to the Iron Survivor Challenge on the men's side this Saturday at NXT Deadline. A hot opener to the show. The show's peak, in all honesty, outside of a very lovely surprise during the second hour of NXT. Next. Next up is Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews going fishing in the open waters somewhere in Florida. It was very tranquil. They had a very nice conversation about being great athletes, high flyers, surprisingly enough for guys of their size, how they deliver moonsaults with the greatest of ease, how to use their power in order to gain the advantage in their respective matchups and this humble bragging from both men. And Apollo Crews catches a fish. He throws it back in the water and he tells Bond Breaker, if you need to step away from the championship grind, just hand me the championship on Saturday and call it a day. Braun says hell no to that and they're going to have their match for the NXT championship at deadline this Saturday on Peacock and it's going to be a great match the heat factor I truly do not know because both guys are white me baby faces but they're going to deliver in the ring this is going to be one of the most athletic matches of the year these guys are big but they're agile they got hops for days the power game is ridiculous they're very similar in a lot of ways in the ring and I cannot wait to see how their styles clash at deadline but the crowd has got to be in the moment with them they got to pick a team 
so to speak. We'll see how it goes. I remember the Apollo Crews hater section was in full force a few weeks ago on NXT, but I hope the crowd is engaged for this matchup despite the babyface, babyface dynamic of it all. As we move on to the return of Tony D'Angelo versus Zion Quinn, and this match was a nice showcase for D'Angelo as he was able to ground Zion Quinn long enough to land a spine buster and a side slam for the victory. After the match is over, he has his eyes set on the North American Championship and specifically Wesley who took him out of action 10 weeks ago. Wesley comes out to let him know, dude, don't blame me. It was an accident. But I got eyes set on Dijak who went after me a few weeks ago on NXT and Dijak basically tells both men that no matter what, I got next and D'Angelo runs nothing here despite his need to be first in line for a shot at that championship. We got Stacks trying to cause trouble on behalf of D'Angelo and Wesley scurries out of the ring with the greatest of ease as he's got two men on his back for a shot at that North America championship at a date to be determined. Next up is Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker. This match was a nice showcase for Dempsey, who's very talented in the ring. The catch can wrestling is everything. His drum manipulation is fantastic as he just bends Walker's arm in a very awkward angle throughout this match. And most notably, we get a cameo appearance from Drew Gulak. And my eyebrows raise immediately because I think Drew Gulak is one of the most underrated workers in WWE today. My dude was doing some, what, guest commentary work in a ragtag role on Smackdown for reasons I don't understand, but this guy is absolutely legit in the ring and he would be perfect on NXT, preferably against Dempsey at some point in the very near future. And Walker had his moments here and there to ground Dempsey, but Dempsey is going to land a dragon screw on Walker goes to work on the knee and he is going to bend Walker's leg back in a very awkward angle while applying a cross face at the same time and Walker taps out immediately as Drew Gulak looks on. Nice win for Dempsey who's really talented in the ring and he's got what it takes to be a star in a feud with Drew Gulak would be a great way to bring that out in him in the not too distant future. Next up is a pretty deadly Christmas story. And this was by far the non-wrestling highlight of the show for me because Elton Prince and Kit Wilson are amazing in these roles. And this story was dirty It had double entendres left and right. I was deceased after overflowing sack. And I was like, okay, this story is taking several unique turns, which I love. We have (laughs) Elton Prince sitting on Kit Wilson's lap, which I adored as I read this story back and forth. I loved it. We had Christmas trees, presents, them dressed up as elves and Santa Claus, respectively. I loved this story and they said no one can touch them as NXT Tag Team Champions heading into next year but then we get the surprise of all surprises when I tell you this PC crowd woke up and they heard the New Day's music they erupted in cheers they stood up they cannot believe that Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were physically at the PC cutting a promo on Pretty Deadly basically challenging them to a match for the NXT Tag Team titles at Deadline this Saturday on Peacock and they beat down Pretty Deadly they throw Elton Prince into the Christmas tree they put boxes over their heads and then they super kick pretty deadly off the apron and onto the floor and the fans are popping for the new day and it is official it will be the new day versus pretty deadly for the NXT tag team titles this Saturday at deadline what a treat as fans and I am so loving this 
WWE main roster synergy with NXT because use your resources, pop a number, get people to tune into your PLE on Saturday with the New Day, one of the more prolific tag teams in WWE history going at it against Pretty Deadly. Who had that on their bingo card to wrap up 2022? Not I. So I love this idea. This was my favorite segment from a non-wrestling standpoint. It was a beautiful surprise and this crowd had a reason to give a shit via this segment, which I greatly appreciated. So love, love, love everything about Pretty Deadly and The New Day. I want them to have more time to work together in non-wrestling segments because I know they would make me laugh. But for this moment, it was absolutely everything and I adored it. I want to briefly jump back to Sangha and Veer Mahan beating up a dude in the ring and basically telling the Creed brothers, you know what? We're not going to have our match on Saturday. You're not 100% Julius. You got bad ribs, a bad knee. We want you at your best. No excuses. But Julius and Brutus want this fight, but it would not be going down at deadline and Ivy now keeps pushing back against her boys facing off against Veer Mahan and Sangha. She thinks they're dead men walking, quite possibly true, heading into the end of the year. But as always, we shall see as we segue to Isla Don versus Thea Hale, who was really excited for this match. But Duke Hudson was like, you know what? Maybe she shouldn't take it. But Andre was defiant and saying, let her have this match. And Duke was kind of miffed at this as they were at ringside watching Thea Hale try her best against Isla Don. She did land a nice set on on Isla for a near fall, but she got dropped with a slap drop two times over as Isla Don picks up the win. After the match is over, Apple Fire appears from the smoke and they get into a brawl which is broken up by WWE officials and during the skirmish Isla Don is going to miss one of the referees before running away and this just set up Isla Don versus Apple Fire for Deadline this Saturday on Peacock. I do worry about the heat factor for this match because they're both alumni from NXT UK a long since gone promotion which we miss very much but I do hope that the crowd does get into this action even though we've seen very little of Isla Don outside of vignettes in her debut match on NXT USA last night against Thea Hill. Next up is a babyface versus babyface tag team match featuring Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade versus Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. And it was a result of a skirmish on TikTok for some reason. The match was all right, but it was all a backdrop for Kiana James coming out of slip something in Briggs's Copac and might be an invitation for something heading into deadline this Saturday. Then we have Von Wagner coming out to attack Odyssey Jones at ringside and Anofe lands an elbow drop for a near fall on Briggs, but that is not enough as Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs double team Anofe with the high low for the win. And I have no idea where Malik Blade was during this matchup. He disappeared down the stretch for reasons I quite don't understand, but we'll see how this tag team recovers as they continue their insular feud with Von Wagner on NXT TV. Next up is a triple threat match involving Andy Hartwell versus Wendy Chu versus Fallon Hanley to qualify for the Iron Survivor Challenge at Deadline. And this match was all right. It was not perfect in spots. The Tower of Doom looked very herky-jerky to me. But ultimately, this comes down to Wendy Chu almost having the win secured by landing the Vader Bomb Splash on Fallon Henley. And in doing so, Andy Hartwell throws Wendy out of the ring and she steals the cover by landing the Hidden Blade on Fallon Henley. I will say this for Andy's finisher. It is very soft. The impact is very minimal and she needs a better finisher. Now, before she slipped off the ropes a few months ago in NXT, her springboard elbow was pretty good. Even the superplex off the top rope was a better finisher than the Hidden Blade, which is no dice for me in terms of impact from her. And now she's a part of this match. The Iron Survivor Challenge going down at deadline. We got Andy Hartwell, Kiana James, Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, and Zoe Stark. You got some vets in there that can carry this match. And Indy Hartwell has her moments as well, but they're fleeting. 
And that's a concern. She's been in the system for a long time and I have not seen a lot of growth from her. And I love her personality. She was lovely with Dexter Loomis a year or so ago. The wedding was fantastic. I love their moments in between. But as a wrestler, that is still her weak spot. And she's got to find herself very, very soon. Because I think the ceiling is coming for her. And that is not a good thing when this is the best we get from her after years in developmental. And now we segue into the main event involving the Grayson Waller effect hosted by Grayson Waller and the four men alongside Grayson Waller participating in the Iron Survivor Challenge at Deadline, including Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, Axiom, and J.D. McDonough. This was a very unique main event segment. We had J.D. McDonough coming for Carmelo Hayes saying that, oh, you've been given everything since day one. You're the golden boy, yada, yada, yada. We got Carmelo calling out Grayson Waller for not being a 25-minute man, which was something. And we just had shots thrown in there from everybody. Joe Gacy spouts some philosophical bullshit that I don't buy into. And eventually a brawl breaks out with Axiom wiping out dudes on the outside with the flip dive. Gacy and McDonough lay each other out as well until Grayson Waller comes through with the dive on his own. And there's a melee at ringside a fight a brawl ensues as we hype up the iron survivor challenge on the men's side heading into deadline this saturday on peacock one baby face is in this match in axiom so psychologically speaking it's a choice because you got to give fans a reason to care and commit they might rock with carmelo because he's that guy we'll see how it goes same situation with the women's match roxanne is the only baby face in this match i can't even qualify andy hartwell as a face or a heel at this point because it vacillates every single week but it's a choice to have a very heel heavy inaugural Iron Survivor Challenge match, gauntlet style, and you have fans waiting for something to happen, and we got this heel-heel dynamic until a babyface gets in there to level things out to make it somewhat exciting. But we'll see how it goes. The penalty boxes, pinfalls, submissions, all in 25 minutes, and that's two matches for the men and women, 50 minutes total. We'll see how the concept goes, the deadline. If it works, it'll be back next year. If not, we could retire it after Saturday night, but we'll see how this all plays out in due time. And with that, this wraps up an okay edition of NXT. It was an okay go-home show for Deadline going down this Saturday on Peacock, but this is a message to WWE and to AEW across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, and Rampage. The numbers have been soft as of late. The women 18 to 34 demo has been alarmingly low for WWE and AEW. As of late, the numbers are kind of alarming in some ways. Rampage did its worst number ever. Monday Night Raw drew its lowest third hour in the history of the show. 1.286 million viewers, I believe, during the third hour. That is appallingly low. And SmackDown is an FS1. We'll see if there's a bounce back on Big Fox on Friday. NXT numbers will come in tomorrow. AEW Dynamite, their numbers will come in on Thursday. Rampage will come in the following Monday. But if we don't see a bounce back between now and the end of the week, it's a concern. And we need both companies to heat up heading towards the end of the year. A whole lot of nothing's happening outside a final battle for Ring of Honor and NXT deadline for WWE. But you have got to pick up the pace with viewership. And the sad thing is there is little to no competition right now that would really water down these numbers to historic lows. So we got to get a bounce back between now and the new year to really get both companies back on track. 
ticket sales are a bit better for WWE versus AEW right now, but something is a little off and you can feel it in key demos that are not watching in mass, especially young women. That's a surprising weak spot. And that's got to be curtailed heading towards the new year. And with that, this wraps up episode number 97 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and or Instagram at Wrestleptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Wrestleptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 90 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.